Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Suspense. Starring tonight, it's the Riley and Kimmy Show. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this Wednesday episode. If you're listening to the day, it's uploaded. Episode number 1160. Right next to me is... Hi there, I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. That is so true, and right next to me is the hero of this show, that is Kimmy. A strange woman who left her mark on all of us, who crossed her path. Yes, that's right, uh, the strange woman's right next to me. Hello, Kimmy. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're quite welcome. How How is Wednesday treating you? Okay, so far. Well, that's good. By the way, what is a Wednesday in the world of nerdum? Well, it's new comic book day. That's right. You can find the brand new stuff at comic book stores throughout the country. We have that list right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Just click over to the nerd news section and you can find out what's brand new. That's like comic books, statues, toys, apparel, Things at comic book stores. Also, we have a comic book store locator, if that will be of need to you. Find a place about 1.5 miles out, zip code-wise, all the way to 50 miles out. And a great thing to do on a Wednesday is maybe explore a comic book store for the very first time. Kimmy, by the way, make sure you, you check out where we're going to be appearing next. we got quite a few locations we're going to be at coming up in the next few weeks. And we'll have information available right on our event page, which you can find on our website. And what is our web address? RileyandKimmy.com. That's correct. Kimmy, I have a question for you on this Wednesday, which is technically a way back Wednesday. Would you like to go back in time and play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia? Why, yes. And here we go with the Nerd Trivia for Kimmy. Now, feel free to shout out answers to Kimmy. We believe in time travel answers. That's right. A time vortex opens up this wormhole goes to you, our future listeners, right back to now as we record this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. So yell at your smartphone, laptop, tablet, desktop, whatever computing device you are listening to the Riley and Kimmy Show on because we are mobile and global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Remember, often imitated but never duplicated, a brand new episode every single day. You heard right, nerd-related, geek-related, pop culture-related that is the Riley and Kimmy Show. Please help the show grow and tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. And real soon, we'll need your help with an upcoming project. Be sure to follow us on social media to find out more about that. We'll be announcing it there on Facebook and Twitter and other social media platforms. You can find links to that right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. It's a Wednesday, February 22nd, and we're going right to the Almanac here. By the way, it's been jumbled up a little bit. That means it does not run smooth 
chronological, smooth, linear-wise. It's all jumbled up. <laughs> so who knows what dates, numbers, things uh, we'll be asking. It's all out of whack, sort of like I am. Here we go with the very first one. Kimmy, it's one of your favorite subject matters. It is about history. I know you love history, right? Mm. Yeah, I know you do. Okay, the very first question we have for you is, it was on this date in history, Kimmy, that a United States president delivered the first presidential radio broadcast from the White House. Now, the question is for you, was it 1924, 1930, 1935, or 1940? 1940? No. It was 1924, and the president was Calvin Coolidge. And here is his voice, just a sniglet of his voice for those who don't realize that recordings or actually radio broadcasts went all the way back to 1924. The expenses of the government reach everybody. Taxes take from everyone a part of his earnings and force everyone to work for a certain part of his time for the government. When we come to realize that the yearly expenses of the governments of this country is the stupendous sum of about $7,500,000,000, we get $700,000,000 is needed by the national government and the remainder by local governments. Such a sum is difficult to comprehend. It represents all the pay of five million wage earners receiving $5 a day, working 300 days in the year. If the government should add $100 million of expense, it would represent four days more work of these wage earners. These are some of the reasons why I want to cut down public expense. I want the people of America to be able to work less for the government and more for themselves. I want them to have the rewards of their own industry. This is the chief meaning of freedom. That is the voice of Calvin Coolidge, president, and that was recorded in 1924. Wow. Yes. And where else are you going to hear something like that, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. See, we definitely are variety. I want to point that out. We are a nerd variety talk show. It's different stuff all the time with every single episode. And moving to something else right now for Kimmy. It was on this date, Kimmy, in New York, the state of New York, Frank W. Woolworth opened up his first five and ten cent, also five and dime stores. And my question for you is, was the very first Woolworths opened in the 18th, 19th, or 20th century? 19th. You are correct. It was opened in 1879. Now, moving over to this one, I want you to think about this one for a little bit here, Kimmy. It's not meant to be a trick question at all, and I'm being serious with the question. It's not a joke at all. Tell me, the year Pebbles Flintstone had her birthday, meaning what year did Pebbles make her first appearance? Sit next to Pebbles, Bam Bam. <laughs> okay, Kimmy, that was from her one-year birthday. Now, was Pebbles born in the year 1963, 1965, 1966, or 1967? 
1967? No, it was 1963. Now, according to the February 22nd, 1963 edition of TV Guide, Pebbles was born at the Bedrock Rockapedic Hospital on February 22nd, 10,000 B.C. Mm. Now, that particular year was never actually cited within the show itself. Most versions of the Flintstones put the Flintstones era at around 1 million B.C. That's where it is. Really? Yes. Now, as an adult, little uh, update for you here, Pebbles World. I know you're kind of curious, right? What uh, happened to Pebbles, right? Did she marry Bam Bam Kimmy or not? I would assume so. Why would you assume that? I don't know. Well, yes, she. Do you think it was an arranged marriage or something? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, Fred and Barney struck a deal back in. Because I don't think anybody wants to think otherwise. Well, you are correct. Pebbles pursued a career in advertising and eventually married Bam Bam. Now, after this, the newly married couple moved to Holly Rock, uh, yeah, the you know prehistoric version of Hollywood. They eventually had a son named Chip and a daughter named Roxy, who were fraternal twins. There's your update on Pebbles. Mm. Your Pebbles update. 1963, her birthday on this date in history. That's when she made her appearance. Did, uh, did they have her as a uh, vitamin or not? I can't remember. I think, yeah. Okay. Was that one of them that you, did you just eat your favorite ones and not eat some of them? Of course I wanted a purple Dino. Oh, okay. All right. But did you just, if, if, you know. But if I had to have an orange Fred or something. Oh, you actually know the colors of them. Strawberry, Muelma, whatever. That's scary. You know know the colors of the vitamins. Okay. It was on this date, Kimmy. What country, what country ceded Florida to the United States? The years 1819, what country? Spain? She does with a question mark. Yes, it was Spain, Kimmy. 1819. It was on this date, 1885. The Washington Monument was officially dedicated in Washington, D.C. It took like 30 years for this thing to even get built. It opened to the public in 1889. They stopped building it for a period of time. They didn't want to fund it. Mm. There was government fighting. See, politics way back then. Everybody thinks, oh, no, it's nasty. It's been that way. Just like that thing on I-4? Sort of like, yes, for those who are out of Florida, I-4 has this, like, expansion, Interstate 4, that is taking forever. Oh, I meant that big building in Altamont. Oh, you're talking about the, the building that's in Altamont Springs that was built but never occupied. and Still not finished. Yeah, it's like partly, it's, it's, I don't know how much of it is done. I don't even know if it's empty inside. Looks nice when you go buy it, kind of, with a nice mm-hmm. mirror thing. Mm-hmm. Although some people say it's an eyesore. I haven't really... I don't know if it's an eyesore. I kind of like ignore it now. It's like I don't even see it. How you can know? you not see it? Well, I have reasons I can't see it right now. That's what I will, I will state. Okay, give me back to trivia for this date in history. It was 1892. Lady Windermere's Fan by Oscar Wilde was first performed. It was on this date. The first dog race track to use an imitation rabbit opened in California. What year did the imitation rabbit happened was it 1920 1930 1940 1950 1930 it was 1920 that had that and then eventually i think you'll see it in a bugs bunny cartoon oh right? yeah. yeah doesn't he go yeah <laughs> yeah it was on his date 1934 it happened one night directed by frank capra and starring clark gable and claudette corbert opens in new york you ever seen that movie no shame on you i love frank Capra. I maybe have to play that for you sometime. I do have that. It was on this date, 1935. I'm surprised it took this long, but 1935, airplanes are no longer permitted to fly over the White House. That was 1935. Before Mm. then, 
You could. It was 1954. Some who are listening to this show, the Riley and Kimmy show, might be old enough to remember this. Yes, the ABC radio show called Breakfast Club was put on television called Simulcast for the very first time, as in 1954. The date, 1956. Kimmy, this individual, his song entered the music charts for the very first time. Now the question for you is identify the recording artist and tell me the name of the hit song. Here's your clue. Well, since my baby left me, will I find a new place to dwell? Well, it's down at the end of Lowland Street. That... Okay. Heartbreak Hotel. By Elvis. That's right. In 1956, Elvis Presley entered the music charts with that. It was on this date, 1965, filming for the Beatles' second movie begins in the Bahamas, what is the second movie? Um, help? It's impossible. <laughs> you know that. You, you, you're right. It is help. I take it you've seen help. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see it on the big screen, or was it like a WGN thing you saw it on TV? Mm, it was on TV. Okay. This next recording group, known really big in the 80s and actually late 70s, but they had their start in the 60s. I don't think you'll be able to identify them. I'm sure you've never heard their first single, unless it was on a later disc where it was, you know, a compilation type of thing. They were definitely influenced by the British invasion, definitely influenced by the Beatles. See if you identify who this is, their sound would drastically change. Here is the 1968 hit. See if you identify who it is. Baby, you feel so All right, Kimmy, I see that puzzled look on your face. Now, this is impossible music trivia. I I don't think one in 100,000 could tell me who this is, but let's see if you can, because our real rule is if it's pre-Beatles, eh, it's questionable. Post-Beatles, you might know it. Tell me who that is. I have no idea. That, it will surprise you. The song is titled The Silent Sun. Does that ring any bells? Nope. The Silent Sun, the first single for the group Genesis. That's Genesis, 1968. Really? Yes, they would drastically change their sound. Yeah. It was on this date, Kimmy, in 1977. This song is released. Can you tell me the name of the song and who the group is? Here's your clue. The year, like I need to tell you this, is 1977. Less than 10 seconds. Tell me who that is. The Eagles. That's correct, and name the song. Hotel California. Correct, 1977. It was on this date, Kimmy. Give me the year. MTV airs 22 hours of this TV series in celebration of the 20th anniversary of this group. And what they air is... MTV airs 22 hours of the Monkees TV episodes in celebration of their 20th anniversary as a group. What year within one? Uh, 80. 
1986 that happens. It was on this date, Kimmy, at the Grammy Awards. This wins a Grammy. Identify it. Bonus points if you can tell me who actually sung it. It played on the radio a lot. And extra points if you can tell me the year this Grammy Award happened. Are you ready? I will give you a plus or minus of two for the Grammy. No leeway for the song. And you get bonus points if you can actually identify who the recording artist is. Here's the clue. Kimmy, tell me the name of that hit. Don't worry, be happy. Oh, that is your theme song, I think. Can you, bonus points here. Can you tell me the recording artist by chance? No. Bobby McFerrin. Now, the year that this happened, what, what, what's the year of the Grammy Awards that this happens? Within two. 88. You get it? It's 1989. Now, that same time period, 1989... This duo won a Grammy for Best New Artist, except they really didn't do it. Later, it was admitted that they were not the vocalists on the album. Here's your clue. Okay, Kimmy, who is the ones that won, but they really didn't do it? Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli, that's right, 1989. That happened the 31st Grammy Awards. They admitted they were not the vocalists on the album, but they were in the video. Mm-hmm. Videos, I should say, but they, they they weren't the vocalists. It was on this date, Kimmy, in 1997. Some weird science happens. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Yes, 1997, Scottish scientists admitted or announced that an adult sheep had been successfully cloned. The sheep was actually born on July 5th, 1996. Took a while for him to admit to it. Now, Dolly was the first mammal to have been successfully cloned from an adult cell. It was on this date, Kimmy, something happened in the world of comic books. This is a job for Superman. Up, up, and away! Let's see if you can figure this out. Okay, the year is 2010. A copy of this comic book, the comic that featured the introduction of Superman to the world, was sold at auction for $1 million. The question for you is, let's see if you've paid attention over the course of time with me. Tell me the name, the title of that comic book where Superman is introduced to the world. Action Comics number one? Exactly right. Fantastic. Action Comics number one from 1938 sold in 2010 for $1 million in auction. And at one time, Nicolas Cage had a copy of that. Mm -hmm. At one time. Moving over to Celebrity and Notable Birthdays on this date, Kimmy. Born on this date, the first president of the United States. Can you tell me who that is? The first president, George yes. Washington. Yes, very, very good, Gibby. Just we're making sure you're you're staying with the show here today. Uh-huh. You know, that that just checking here. You know, we we just wanted to make sure of that. By the way, in honor of George Washington's birthday, we have a special episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. That's one thousand one hundred and fifty-nine. You can hear some Golden Age of Radio tributes 
to George Washington. That's 1,159 available right on our website. And on it's really cool. One of the first ones is called George Washington American, and it stars Orson Welles as George Washington. Hmm. It's really cool. And then it's followed by Edward Arnold's version of George Washington, actor Edward Arnold, big in the 1940s, 30s, and 40s. And the really cool thing about that is that one, Mr. President, George Washington, is narrated by William Conrad, otherwise known as Cannon, and the original voice of Matt Dillon, Gunsmoke, on radio. You can check those out right now for George Washington's birthday on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Back to birthdays, notables for this date in history. Robert Baden-Powell, born on this date, 1857. He was the author of Scouting for Boys, which was the inspiration for the Boy Scout movement and Girl Scout movements. He founded the Girl Guides, which led into the Girl Scouts as well, and founded the Boy Scout Association as well. Robert Baden-Powell, born on this date. This individual, this actor, born on this date, Kimmy, 1907, died at the age of 91 in 1998. An American television, film, and radio actor, best known for his leading roles as Jim Anderson on Father Knows Best and Marcus Welby on Marcus Welby, M.D. Tell me the name of the actor. Um, I can't think of it. You cannot tell me who played Marcus Welby. I know you've seen that show. I know. And you've avoided Father Knows Best somehow in syndication throughout the course of time. Robert. You're you're right on the right path. Young? That's exactly okay. right. See, you knew that. Robert Young, born on this date in history. Moving over to somebody else born on this date. Sheldon Leonard, born 1907, died 1997 at the age of 89. American film, television actor and producer, director and writer. Can you tell me what TV show his name is part of two characters? Um, Big Bang. That's correct. The Big Bang Theory. Sheldon Cooper and Leonard Hofstetter are named after him. The writers, the creators loved the work of Sheldon Leonard. Now, Sheldon Leonard did a lot of things as producer and director. He uh, produced the Danny Thomas Show from 1953 to 64. He did the Andy Griffith Show from 60 to 1968. Dick Van Dyke, 61 to 66. Gomer Pyle, USMC, 64 to 69. I Spy, 65 to 68, just some of the highlights. And he directed the Andy Griffith Show, the Danny Thomas Show, the Dick Van Dyke Show, episodes of them. Did an episode of My Favorite Martian, the pilot only. I Spy episodes and Lassie. He did four episodes of season one in 1954. Can you tell me who this individual is, born on this date in 1918, known as an announcer for radio and television? You get a very brief clue, so be listening, Kimmy. He announced on a certain show for 39 seasons. That's television. Here is your audio clue. Who is that person? He is the announcer for Saturday Night Live, or I should say was, from its debut of 1975 until his death in 2014. He died at the age of 96. Who is it, Kimmy? I'm drawing a blank. Don Pardo. Don Pardo. Yes, born on this date in history. Robert Wadlow probably means nothing to you unless you used to read the Guinness Book of World Records as a child. Robert Wadlow, born in Alton, Illinois. Can you tell me what he is known for in the Guinness Book of World Records? Give me, he was born in 1918. The tallest man? 
that is exactly right. You did read the Guinness Book of World Records as a kid, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes, he was known as the Alton Giant or the Giant of Illinois. He was the tallest known human ever, 8 foot 11.1, weighed 439 pounds at his death. He died in 1940 at the age of 22. Mm. His great size and his continued growth in adulthood were due to hyperplasia of his pituitary gland, which results in an abnormally high level of human growth hormone. He showed no indication of an end to his growth, even at the time of his death. Wow. Also, uh, get this. When he began to walk at 11 months old, are you ready for this? When he began to walk at 11 months old, he was 3 feet, 3.5 inches tall, and weighed 40 pounds. At 11 months, he was the size of a five-year-old. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And he did personal appearances or public appearances before his death. A few years before his death, he had a shoe company that gave him shoes, which are still in a museum. They show those in Alton and another location. And my father claimed he saw him on tour uh, and it's it's very possible because my father was 50 when he had me, so it is possible he did see him when my father was very young and saw mm. him on a tour. He he toured with Ringling Brothers for a period of time and other events, mm. so that is possible. Yes, he see Guinness Book of World Records is a good thing for Kimmy. Mm-hmm. You actually read that as a kid. I did. I had a big, thick hardback copy oh, of it. Oh yeah, I used to get the Guinness Book of World Records every year when it came out in the Scholastic Book thing. You could order that. that was one they would let you order too. Oh. I think they did at least, or maybe I picked it up at the supermarket. I don't remember. Always got that thing. Loved it. Read it. That thing uh-huh. cover to cover. Yep. Yes. It was on this date, Kimmy, 1934. He was born. He died in 2010. Tell me what he is known for. Sparky Anderson. Oh, baseball. That is correct. Kimmy, can you tell me one of the two teams he was known as manager for? Cincinnati Reds. That's correct, Kimmy. He was manager of the Cincinnati Reds, and he led them to championship in 1975 and 1976. Then he added a third title in 1984 with the Detroit Tigers. And by the way, he was with the American League and the National League, making him the first manager to win World Series in both leagues. Now, the question for you is this. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. He appeared on a comedy on primetime TV as himself. The question for you is, with this audio clue, tell me the TV show that the entire episode revolves around him. Frankie uh, Anderson? I'm sorry, Les. Well, how can he do that, Travis? He's the manager of the Cincinnati Redlegs. He was fired last season, Lester. (laughs) He was? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he's the manager of the Detroit Tigers now. He is? Yes, he is. And tell me the name of the TV show, Gibby. That's WKRP in Cincinnati. Yes, Kimmy's exactly right. And by the way, if you check out that episode, I, it might be available on YouTube. I'm not sure. Uh, it's a great one to check out, especially to understand the, the workings of a radio station of the 1970s and going into the 80s. Matter of fact, even part of the 90s. Uh, there's a lot of uh, truth there with uh, the setup of that special show with Sparky Anderson on WKRP and Art Carlson and definitely Herb. Everything, the dynamic that's going there and also the jealousy that you have with Les is is very, very real, and it's really cool to see that. I mean, I can watch that episode over and over again because mm. it's, it's really cool. You know, one of these 
really odd radio station promotions that may sound good at first, but kind of turns into not that good is what that episode really deals with. Mm. It's, it's really cool. Known as Dr. J, Julius Irving, having a birthday today. Kimmy, tell me what sport he is known for. Basketball. That's right. American retired basketball player. He is how old today within five years? 62. He is 67. You get it right. In 1987, he became the third NBA player to score 30,000 points. See if you can identify this individual. Tell me the name of the actor. Tell me how old he is within five. He is best known for a certain TV show. Yes, he played Special Agent Dale Cooper on Twin Peaks from 1990 to 1991 and also 2017 taking over the role again. And he was in Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me in 1992 and he was also in Blue Velvet. Can you tell me the name of the actor? And was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Who is he, Kimmy? Oh, I know it. Yes, and he was in the movie Dune, which I'm not sure if you ever saw. No. Yes. What is his name? Can you give me his initials? Oh, boy. K.M. Kyle McLaughlin. That's, that's right. How old is he today? Um, 62. He is 58 today. And wasn't he in that dancing movie, stripping movie, stripper dance, whatever it came out back in the 90s? Some movie with a girl that was in Saved by the Bell? I don't know. I think he was. Can't remember the name of that. It was like a bomb. You know, it might be hard to find him on a filmography, that one. Yes. Born 1962, Steve Irwin, the Australian naturalist and TV personality known as the Crocodile Hunter. He died in 2016. This person having a birthday today, this actress, an American actress, known for a role on a certain, well, show. See if you can, I guess, uh, the name of the TV show with the theme, Kimmy. Here's the theme, then we'll work on who she is. Here's your audio clue. Do you know the show, Kimmy? It's one of the Star Trek. That is correct, Kimmy. It's one of the Star Treks. Which spinoff is it, Kimmy? It's one of the Star Trek shows. Yes, Kimmy, it is one of the Star Trek shows. And she played a character on one of the Star Trek shows. Here is your audio clue. Tell me the name of the actress. Here is the character she played. I speak for the board. Seven of nine, tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix zero one. But you may call me Seven of Nine. Who played Seven of Nine on Star Trek Voyager? Jerry somebody. Yes, that Jerry somebody. You're exactly <laughs> right. Jerry somebody did play that. Oh. Can you tell me Jerry somebody's last name? I... Can you do it? Jerry. Yeah, Jerry somebody. Oh. Jerry Ryan having a birthday today. How old is she within five years? 51. She is 49 today. See if you can identify who this individual is. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. A descendant of well-known American stage and cinema actors and the granddaughter of a film legend... She first appeared in an advertisement when she was 11 months old before starring in her breakout role in E.T. Who is she? Drew Barrymore. Yes. And how old is Drew Barrymore within five years? 
48. She is 42. Now the question for you, Kimmy. E.T., her breakout movie, The Extraterrestrial, what year did that movie come out? 80? Nope. 1982, that movie came out. Okay. That was 1982, directed by whom? Steven Spielberg. Yes, you're on a roll. Now, how old was Drew Barrymore when she first hosted Saturday Night Live? 16? She was seven years old. She hosted it oh. the year oh. E.T. was released, and she hosted in November of 1982, Saturday Night Live. Wow. Yes. I I don't remember that. <sighs> Not seen clips of that at all. I take it you don't even really wow. remember that at all. Okay, moving to another section of trivia. I see dead people. Yes, this person died on this date, 1987, an American pop artist. Kimmy, see if you can identify with this clue. He was also a film producer. He died of a heart attack at the age of 58. I'm going to say one thing about his work of art, and I think you'll be able to identify who he is. Campbell Soup Cans. Andy Warhol. That's right. Andy Warhol. The highest price ever paid for a Warhol painting is $105 million for a 1963 canvas titled Silver Car Crash Double Disaster. Now, my question for you, Kimmy, uh, he's been portrayed in quite a few things. He was portrayed in an Oliver Stone movie called The Doors in 1991. Who played Andy Warhol? We really like your music. Um, oh, great. And uh, there were uh, so many people at the show. Uh, the paintings were getting uh, crushed, and uh, they had to take them all down. So. Who played Andy Warhol? That sounds like... um. Can you do it? That sounds like... Uh... Oh, what is, what is his name? I'll tell He's you something. He's a some... weird actor. He, he played the voice of... of... Grindel in yeah, in Beowulf. He's also in Back to the Future, the first movie. He's in Wild at Heart. Yes, that's correct. Can you tell me who he is? Come on, you can do it. He has a very unique first name. Christian? No. You're in Chris, a... Oh, Crispin Glover. That's exactly right. That's Crispin it. Glover played... Playing Andy Warhol. Yeah, it came through. Thank you. <laughs> he played Andy Warhol. Somebody shouted that out to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, okay. He played he played Andy Warhol in The Doors, 1991 film. Who played Jim Morrison? Uh, Val Kilmer. That's, that's exactly right. It was on this date, 1995. Actor passes away by the name of Ed Flanders. He committed suicide at the age of 60 on this date. He was known for a certain TV show. See if you can identify the TV show he's known for. Matter of fact, his name flashed first on the credits. Here's your audio clue. I have a feeling Kimmy actually knows the name of this show. Here we go. Kimmy, what is the name of the television show? Saying Elsewhere? That's exactly right. I was going to give you bonus clues. Howie Mandel and Denzel Washington co-starred on this show as well. I take it you watched St. Elsewhere. No, not actually. Then how did you know that? That, that, that? That's really weird. Yes, Ed Flanders committed suicide on this date at the age of 60. 2002, we lost a great in the world of animation. Chuck Jones died at the age of 89. American animator, filmmaker, cartoonist, author, artist, and screenwriter. Best known for his work with Warner Brothers cartoons on Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies. 
and he wrote, produced, and or directed many of the classic cartoons like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote, Peppy Le Pew, Porky Pig, and many, many others. He passed away on this date, 2002. Kimmy, I think you did a fantastic job today with our moving all over the place kind of uh, trivia. Well, thank you. And what we're going to do right now is honor something from the golden age of radio with today's trivia. Radio That's the Riley and Kimmy show. Because the movie was released on this date in 1935, it happened one night by Frank Capra, starring Clark Gable and Claudette Corbert. I thought we'd go to the radio release of this, the production of it. Matter of fact, this is this is a fantastic example of the theater of the mind. This is not audio lifted from the movie. This is a 1939 production. And get this, five years after the movie, this was done with the film stars. Claudette Corbert and also Clark Gable take over their roles again, and they act in It Happened One Night, radio version. So let's go back in time. Let's uh, do a Way Back Wednesday thing here. Here's It Happened One Night, starring Claudette Corbert and Clark Gable on The Riley and Kimmy Show. From Hollywood, California, the Lux Radio Theater presents Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert in It Happened One Night with Walter Connolly and Roscoe Kahn. Lux presents Hollywood. Our stars, Clark Gable, Claudette Colbert, Walter Connolly, and Roscoe Carnes. Our play, It Happened One Night. Told to the tune of a roaring bus motor... It's the fast-moving story of a runaway society girl and the reporter who helped her run. The music of the Lux Radio Theater is under the direction of Louis Silvers. And now, our host and producer, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. <laughs> Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. It happened one night that a husky son was born to Mr. and Mrs. William Gable of Cadiz, Ohio. When the boy grew older, it happened one night that a friend who was an actor invited him backstage to witness a performance of the local stock company. The young man was allowed to peer through a peephole in the curtain, saw a vast bank of upturned expectant faces, and discovered that it thrilled him, lured him as irresistibly as fate itself. Then came a swift and amazing series of ups and downs, until at last it happened one night in Hollywood that Clark Gable tossed a coin to decide whether he should continue to fight for a chance in the movies or head for home. The coin fell heads up, and he remained to become one of the most popular stars the screen has ever known. Clark is now working in the David O. Selznick film, Gone with the Wind, and appears tonight through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. It happened one noon that a pretty young girl was crossing the Paramount lot on her way to lunch when a producer stopped her and asked her how she'd like to play the part of the wickedest woman in the world. Without a second's hesitation, she answered, I'd love it. I was the producer, Claudette Colbert was the girl, and the picture was the sign of the cross, in which Miss Colbert appeared as Papier, the queen who invented the uh, milk bath for beauty. Soon afterward, Frank Capra borrowed Claudette for the leading role in what became one of the great romantic comedies of the screen. And that, roughly, is how it happens tonight that we're presenting It Happened One Night. Clark Gable plays Peter Warren, and Claudette Colbert plays Ellie Andrews. Claudette will be seen shortly in the Paramount film Midnight. 
and is currently working in, in It's a Wonderful World, a Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer production. Two other excellent artists also play the same parts they filled so ably on the screen. Walter Connolly as Mr. Andrews and Roscoe Carnes as Shapley. And now, in the Lux Radio Theater, the cross-country motor bus stands waiting. The oil is checked, the tank is full, and we're ready to start with Clark Gable, Claudette Colbert, Walter Connolly, and Roscoe Carnes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it happened one night. bus terminal in Miami, Florida. Passengers are milling about the ticket office, crowding around the newsstand, fighting for places at the lunch counter. In a telephone booth at the far end of the station, Peter Warren, a news reporter, has just put through a long-distance call to his paper. Hello. This is the New York Globe? Yes, sir. This is Peter Warren talking. I want to speak to Harry Gordon right away. Who? Gordon, Gordon, the managing editor. Oh, one moment, please. Fire me, huh? I'll show him the big baboon. Hello? Hello? Gordon? Yep. This is Peter Warren. Well, what of it? Say, what's all this about my being fired? You got my word, didn't you? Sure, but... Well, it goes. You're through. What for? You know what for. Go on home and sleep it off. What? Listen here, monkey face. I'm the best news hound your filthy scandal sheet ever had. Don't make me laugh. What were you doing last night? None of your... I sent you my copy. Sure. All about the bathing beauties on Miami Beach. It was lovely. Did you know that Ellie Andrews disappeared last night from her father's yacht? What? Ellie Andrews. She disappeared. Did you know that? No. Well, that's why you're fired. Hey, wait! Hello! Hello! No. Let's wait for Palm Beach, Savannah, Hey, boy. Yes, sir, you want a paper? What's the headline? Oh, that. That's about a society girl. Her name's Ellie Andrews, and she just run away from her old man's yacht. Ellie Andrews, the banker's daughter, huh? Yeah. You want a paper, mister? What's she run away for? Oh, I don't know. You see, she wants to marry some aviator guy, and her old man don't want to, so she runs away. Well, then the old man... Hey, look, why don't you buy a paper? You can read the whole thing for three cents. Who, me? I never read newspapers. Well, for crying out... Here, here's a dime. Buy yourself an automobile. Yeah, okay, thanks, mister. Hey, wait a minute. Where do I get the bus in New York? Right outside the terminal. Thanks. Leo, get your paper, Leo. Hey, boy, bring the paper over here, will you? Hey, driver, does this bus go to New York? There's a sign on the front. Can't you read? Sorry, but I never got past the fourth grade. Uh, where do I sit? That don't worry me any. Okay. If you'll be good enough to move this pile of newspapers, I'll take the seat here. Move them yourself. Fine. Hey, wait a minute. What do you think you're doing? Huh? The papers. The papers. What's the idea of throwing them out? Oh, oh, the papers. You know, that's a long story, my friend. I never did like the idea of sitting on newspapers. I did it once, and all the headlines came off of my white trousers. Yeah. Oh, on the level. It actually happened. Nobody bought a newspaper that day. They just followed me around, read the news off the seat of my pants. Ah, fresh guy, huh? What you need's a good sock in the nose. Listen, partner. You may not like my nose, but I do. I always wear it out in the open, where if anybody wants to take a sock at it, they can do it. Oh, yeah? Now, that's a brilliant answer. Why didn't I think of it? Our conversation could have been over long ago. Oh, yeah? If you keep that up, we're not going to get anywhere. Oh, yeah? You got me. Pardon me. I want to get by. Yeah, come on through. This is liable to last all night. Oh, don't mind me. Thank you. Hey, wait. You can't sit there. That's my seat. I beg your pardon? Listen, I'm putting up a stiff battle for that seat. So if it's just the same to you, scram. Driver, are these seats reserved? Ah, first come, first serve. Thank you. Wait a minute, driver. These seats accommodate two people, don't they? Well, maybe they do and maybe they don't. Thanks. Move over, sister. Ow. This is a maybe they do. Well. There. You comfortable? Oh, yes, very. That's good. 
There's nothing like being comfortable when you have 2,000 miles to... Say, haven't I seen you someplace before? Uh, I'm afraid not. That's funny, but I think I have. You ever had your picture in a newspaper? Never. Not even on the society page? Oh, well, my mistake. But I could have almost sworn I've seen you before. Really? Perhaps it was at the livestock show in Chattanooga. I often go there with my old maid out from the country. We're simply mad about the merry-go-round. Lord. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. You have a good sleep? Oh, fine, thank you. Well, well, everybody's gone. Where are we? Jacksonville. We just got in. Oh. Oh, it was foolish of me to fall asleep on your shoulder like that. Why didn't you push me away? I hated to wake you up. You look kind of pretty asleep. How about some breakfast? Oh, no. Oh, no, thank you. I, I, I never eat on a bus. You mean you've never traveled on a bus? I beg your pardon? Sit down. I want to talk to you. Oh, do you? You'll never get away with it, Miss Andrews. What are you talking about? I said you'd never get away with it. Your father will stop you before you get halfway to New York. You you must have me confused with someone else. Quit kidding. It's all over the front page. You know, I've always been curious to know what kind of a girl would want to marry a front page aviator like King Wesley. Take my advice and grab the next bus back to Miami. That guy's a phony. I didn't ask for your advice. Oh, that's right. You didn't. Well, I guess I'll step out and send a telegram. No, wait. you're, You're not going to notify my father, are you? What for? You could probably get some money out of him. I never thought of that. Now, listen, if you'll promise not to do it, I'll pay you. I'll pay you as much as he will. You won't gain anything by giving me away as long as I'm willing to make it worth your while. And I will. Just as soon as I can get to New York, I'll pay you. Cut it. What? I said cut it. You know, I had you pegged right from the start. You're the spoiled brat of a rich father. The only way you can get anything is to buy it. Now you're in a jam and all you think of is your money. It never fails, does it? But... Do you ever hear the word humility? No, you wouldn't. I guess it never occurred to you to just say... Please, mister, I'm in trouble. Will you help me? No, that'd bring you down off your high horse for a minute. Well, let me tell you something. Maybe it'll take a load off your mind. You don't have to worry about me. I'm not interested in your money or your problems. You, King Wesley, your father, you're all a lot of hooey to me. So long, Miss Andrews. Hiya, sister. All alone? I'll keep you company. I'm sorry, you can't sit here. This seat's taken. My name's Shapley. Might as well get acquainted. It's going to be a long trip. Gets lonesome later on, especially for somebody like you. You look like you've got class. Yes, sir, with a capital K. And believe me, I'm the guy that knows class when I see it. Believe you me. Ask any of the boys, they'll tell you. Shapley sure knows how to pick them. Yes, sir. Shapley's the name, and Shapley's the way I like them. Say, what's the matter, sis? You ain't saying much. It seems to me you're doing excellently without my assistance. <laughs> That's pretty good. It seems to me you're doing excellently without my assistance. Well, shut my big, nasty mouth. Look, looks like you're one up on me. Now, say, look, you know, there's something, I, I, nothing I like better in this entire world, nothing than to meet a mama that you'd snap back at you. Yes, sir, you're just my type. Believe me, you, sister. I could go for you in a big way. Fun on the side, shapely, they call me. And the accent's on the fun. Believe you me. Believe you me. You bore me to distraction. <laughs> Looks like you're two up on me now. Hey, you. Huh? There's a seat over there for you. What's your idea? I'd like to sit next to my wife, if you don't mind. Uh, your, your, your wife? Yeah. Come on, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Excuse me. I, I was just trying to make things comfortable. I didn't know what to say. You see, I didn't say... If you'll promise not to snap my head off, I'd like to thank you. Forget it. I didn't do it for you. His voice was getting on my nerves. 
Hey, your clothes are soaking wet. Did you get caught in that shower back at the last stop? Yeah, it was a cool shower, too. Here, take my coat and put it around. Oh, no. Sure, no. go ahead. You're as helpless as a baby. Thank you. How'd you happen to get caught in it anyhow? Well, those things do happen, don't they? I just ran into the terminal to buy a box of candy. Candy? And... Are you crazy? What do you mean? Let me see your purse. Oh, please, now give me my purse. Mm, just as I thought, one dollar and sixty cents. How do you expect to get to New York if you waste your money on candy? That's none of your business. You're on a budget from now on. Here's your purse. I'll keep the money. Now, just a minute. Shut just up. A... From now on, I'm the boss. Hey, what's going on? What's the matter? What are we stopping here for? Hey, driver, what's the matter? There's a sign there. It says the bridge at Dawson's been washed out. We might as well put up here for the night. But where are we? Dyke's Auto Camp. They got cabins here. No chance of getting through, huh? Not tonight. That's enough for me. Come on, Brad. Are you talking to me? Yeah. We're stopping here for the night. Come on, let's go. Here's your cabin, Mr. Warren. This one here? Yes, sir. Come on, kid. This is it. Oh, oh I'm drifting. Well, good night. I hope you and your husband rest comfortably, Mrs. Warren. Mrs. Wa- oh, yes, thank you. Well, go on in. What are you going to do? Stay out here in the rain all night? Mm-hmm. Darn clever, these Armenians. Yeah, it's a gift. I just had the unpleasant sensation of hearing you referred to as my husband. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot to tell you about that. I registered as Mr. and Mrs. Oh, you did? You know, compared to you, my friend Shapley's an amateur. Just whatever gave you the idea I'd stand for this. Hey, now, wait a minute. Let's get this straightened out right now. If you're nursing any silly notion that I'm interested in you, forget it. You're just a headline to me. A headline? You're not a newspaper man, are you? Chalk one up for your side. Now, listen. You want to get to your fiancé, King Wesley, in New York, don't you? All right. I'm here to help you. What I want is your story. Exclusive. A day-to-day account all about your mad flight to happiness. I need that story. Just between you and me, I've got to have it. Well, isn't that just too cute? There's a brain behind that face of yours, isn't there? You've got everything nicely figured out for yourself, even including uh, this. This? Oh, oh, you mean the Mr. and Mrs. business. Well, that's a matter of simple mathematics. These cabins cost two bucks a night, and I'm sorry to inform you, wifey dear, that the family purse won't stand for our having separate establishments. Understand? Yes, I guess so. Smart girl. And now we come to the problem of retiring for the night. Uh, which of these, uh, beds do you prefer? Mm. That one? Take it. Thanks. Now that the popularity contest is over, what happens next? Hmm, simple. Uh, give me that clothesline over there. Thank you. Now we tie up one end of it here on the wall, like this. Pretty knot, don't you think? About average. The other end goes over this nail, and we tie it on the opposite wall. So... That makes a clothesline extending from wall A to wall B and passing exactly between beds X and Y. Then we take the blanket, G, and place it over the clothesline, A, B, so that you in bed X will not be troubled with a disturbing sight of me in bed Y. Uh, do you follow me? I suppose that makes everything all right. I hope it does. I like privacy when I retire, hence the walls of Jericho. Maybe not as thick as the ones that Joshua blew down with his trumpet, but it's a lot safer. You see, I have no trumpet. Well, now, that is a relief. And to show you my heart's in the right place, I'll give you my best pair of pajamas. Here. Thanks. Now, do you mind joining the Israelites on the other side of our wall? I, I think it might be better. Excuse me. Yeah, that's the stuff, Brad. Yeah, and don't be worried. The walls of Jericho will protect you. Would you mind putting out that light? No, not at all. Turning in? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Say, uh... Would you mind, uh, 
taking those things of yours off the walls of Jericho? Well, oh, I, I'm sorry. How's that? Uh, better. Nice, isn't it? Lying here and listening to the rain. By the way, what's your name? What's that? Who are you? Me? Oh, I'm the whippoorwill that cries in the night. I'm the soft morning breeze that caresses your lovely face. I'm the... You've got a name, haven't you? Yeah, i got a name. Peter Warren. Peter Warren. I don't like it. Well, don't let it bother you. You're giving it back to me in the morning. <laughs> Pleased to meet you, Mr. Warren. The pleasure's all mine, Mrs. Warren. Good night. Good night. moments, you'll hear Act Two of It Happened One Night, starring Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. It's early the following morning. In the tourist cabin, Peter is setting the table for breakfast as Ellie returns from the showers. Hello. Morning, wifey. How time you got back. Oh, I met some very interesting women at the showers. We got to chatting about this and that. You know how time flies. Mm -hmm. Come on, come on, come on. Sit down. Breakfast all ready. Oh, how nice. Scrambled egg. Egg. One egg, one donut, black coffee. That's your ration until lunch. Any complaints? Nope, no complaints. That's nice, for a change. Uh, donut? Thanks. Mm, you think this whole business is silly, don't you? I mean, running away and everything. Oh, no, no. It's too good a story. Yes, you do. You think I'm a fool and a spoiled brat. Well, perhaps I am, although I don't see how I can be. People who are spoiled are accustomed to having their own way. I never have. I've, I've always been told what to do and how to do it and where and with whom. Nurses, governesses, chaperones, even bodyguards. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. One consolation, you can never be lonesome. <laughs> it had its moments. It got to be a sort of a game to try and outwit Father's detective. I did once. Actually, actually went shopping without a bodyguard. It was swell. I felt absolutely immoral, but it didn't last long. They caught up with me in a department store. I was so mad, I ran out the back way and jumped into the first car I saw. Guess who was in it? Santa Claus. King Wesley was in it. No, but is that how you met him? Mm-hmm. We rode around all afternoon. Father was frantic. By six o'clock, he was having all the rivers dragged. I can see it. Say, where did you learn to dunk? In finishing school? Oh, now, don't you start telling me I shouldn't dunk. Of course you shouldn't. You don't know how to do it. Hey, dunking's an art. Don't let it soak so long. A dip and plop into your mouth. If you let it soak so long, it'll get soft and fall off. It's all a matter of timing. I ought to write a book on it. <laughs> Thanks, Professor. Just goes to show you. Twenty millions and you don't know how to dunk. I'd change places with a plumber's daughter any day. What's the matter? Shut up. Somebody's outside. Well, how do I know who you are? You can't go around bothering my tenants. Besides, how do I know you're a detective? Oh, show me your credentials, man. Detectives. Oh, that's father at work. Peter, what do I do? Maybe I can jump out of the window. They, they wouldn't see me. Come here, come here, come here. Get yourself all mussed up. What? Here, here. Push your hair down over your eyes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I got a letter from Aunt Bella last week. She says if we don't stop over at Wilkes-Barre, she'll never forgive us. What are you talking about? What's the difference? Say something. Oh. Uh, I guess I'll write to Aunt Bella today. Yes, I would if I was you. Letters are always cheering the invalid. Yeah, yeah. She says she's got hay fever again. You don't say. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, look, a man, darling. I want to see you, miss. What's your name? Are you addressing me? Yeah, what's your name? Hey, wait a minute. That's my wife you're talking to. 
What do you want, anyway? We're looking for somebody. Yeah, well, look your head off. Only don't come busting in here. This ain't a public park. I got a notion to take a sock Now, take it easy, son. Take it easy. Uh, they're detectives, Mr. Warren. I don't care if they're the whole police department. They can't come busting in here and shooting questions of my wife. Now, don't get so excited, Peter. They just answer civil questions. Oh, is that so? Say, how many times do I have to tell you to stop butting in when I'm having an argument? Oh, you don't have to lose your temper. Oh, you don't have to lose your temper. That's what you said the other time, too. Every time I try to protect now, you. Now, keep quiet. I won't keep quiet. Now, listen, you two. are just like your old man. Once a plumber's daughter, always a plumber's oh, daughter. There ain't now some brains in your whole family. Oh, Peter, why you got You've done disturbed my guess. Yeah, what do you mean by it anyway? Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Warren, but you see, we got to check up on everyone. We're looking for a girl by the name Ellen Andrews, daughter of the Wall Street King. Yeah, well, it's too bad you're not looking for the daughter of a plumber. Quit falling! Quit falling! I'm sorry, folks. My mistake. Oh, there, now. Didn't I tell you they was a perfectly nice married couple? Are they gone? Yeah. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> Wake up. What do you want? Can't you see I'm trying to get some sleep? Shapely's back with us. Did you know that? Sure. What about it? Look at him. He's got one of those newspapers with my picture in it. He... Oh, Peter, I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? Have you still got me with you? Where did Shapely get that paper? We stopped a few miles back while you were sleeping. He must have got it there. Well, it's too late to do anything now. He's looking at me again. Oh, Peter, do you think he recognizes me? We'll find out soon enough. But what will we do? Wait till the next stop. I'll get him into a conversation outside, and if he suspects anything, well, we'll see. Hello, Mrs. Shapley. Hello. Nice to get out and stretch your legs, ain't it? Yeah, it sure is. I see you got a paper there. That's right. Maybe you'd like to take a look at it. Yeah. Don't mind if I do. Hmm. Hold it here in the headlights, and you can read it while you're waiting. Traveling like this, you sort of lose track of what's going on in the world. Now, take that story there, for instance. About that Ellie Andrews. If I was to see that dame, you know what I'd do? No. What? I'd go 50-50 with you. Why? Well, because I don't believe in hogging at all, see? A bird that figures that way always ends up behind the eight ball, is what I always say. What's in your mind? Five G's or I crab the works. Five G's, huh? You heard me. Yeah. You know, it's a lucky thing, my running into you. You're just the man I need. You made no mistake, believe you me. You pack a gat? Huh? A gat, a gat, a rod. You got any fireworks on you? Well, no, I... Well, it's all right anyway. I got a couple of machine guns in my suitcase. I'll let you have one of them. May have a little trouble up north. May have to shoot it out with the cops. Huh? If you come through all right, these five G's are as good as in the bag. Yeah, yeah, but... Of course, I'll have to talk with the killer, see that he takes care of you. Is that a killer? Yeah, yeah, the big boy. The boss of the outfit. Say, you're, you're not uh, you're not kidnapping her, are you? What else, stupid? Say, you don't think we're after that penny any reward, do you? Ten thousand bucks, chicken. <laughs> yeah, well, pardon me, mister. I guess I don't want that money after all. Hey, listen, you're in on this thing and you're staying in, get me? You know too much. Yeah, but I, 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 I won't say anything. I'm not. Unless I'm all... How do I know that? Well, what... I got a notion to plug you right now. No, 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 no. You can trust me, mister. I, I won't talk. I don't want to. I never say anything. I, I know my, my wife and kids never say anything. What's I, what, your name? But, but, my name is it's Oscar Shapley. Where do you live? Orange, New Jersey. Got a couple of kids, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, they're just babies. A little golden-haired girl. You ever hear of Bugs Dooley? Bugs Dooley? Yes, yes. He was a nice guy, just like you. But he made a mistake one day. Got a little too talkative. You know what happened to his kids? No. Well, I can't tell you. 
But when Bugs heard about it, he blew his brains out. Oh, oh, oh gee, that, that's terrible. Yeah. Now beat it. Thanks, mister. Can I go back now? To the bus? Yes. Say, what do you think I am, crazy? You're walking, see? Oh, yes, sir. Come on, come on, scram. Sure, sure. Anything you say, mister, you ain't going to shoot me in the back, are you? You don't beat it. I'll go. I'll go. Come on, go. come on. Get going. All right, folks, all aboard. Hey, wait a minute, driver. Come on, get in. Never mind, we're getting off here. Me and the young lady. What's that? Come on, Brad. Well, what's the matter? Come on, come on. Don't ask him any questions. Here, here, give me your hand. Got your suitcase? Yeah, thanks. Well, now that we're stranded in the middle of a country road in the dead of night, maybe you'd let me in on the big secret. What's the idea? The idea? We're going to take a little walk, Brad. Mr. Shapley may shoot off his mouth after all. Well, where are we going to walk to? The next town, wherever that is. Come on. Pick them up and lay them down. We've got a long way to go. Oh, how long does this cross-country hike keep up? My feet are killing me. Stop here if you want. Here? Well, where are we? Virginia. Oh, yes, I know, but where? Well, I can't say for sure right now. But from the looks of that hay, Rick, I guess we're on somebody's farm. Well, where's the farmhouse? What difference does that make? You don't mean... Oh, you don't mean we're going to sleep out here in the open, do you? I don't know about you, but I'm going to give a fairly good imitation of it. Oh, Peter. What? I'm awfully hungry. Oh, that's just your imagination. No, it isn't. I'm hungry and scared. You can't be hungry and scared both at the same time. Well, I am. If you're scared, it scares the hunger out of you. Not if you're more hungry than scared. All right, all right. You win. Now, let's forget about it. I can't. I'm hungry. Holy smokes. Why did I ever get mixed up with you? If I had any sense, I'd be in New York by this time. Well, what about your big story? Taking a dame back to her fiancé. I turned out to be a prize sucker, all right. Here. Here, your bed's all ready. Come on. You mean I'm supposed to sleep on that hay? Well, that's the idea. Oh. Oh, it's all crackly. Oh, shut up and go to sleep. I'm sick and tired of listening to a lot of complaints. Oh, you know, you're becoming awfully disagreeable lately. You just snap my head off every time I open my mouth. Now, being with me is so distasteful to you, you can leave. You can leave any time you see fit. Nobody's holding you here. I can get along. I can get along very nicely without you. Oh, Peter, are you listening? I said I can get along very nice. Oh, Peter. Peter. Peter, where are you? Oh, I was so worried. What got into you? I was only gone a minute. I went to try to find you something to eat. I know, but... Well, here. Here's a watermelon. I swiped it in the next field. I don't want it now. I thought you said you were hungry. I was. But what? I, I, I was so scared it scared the hunger right out of me. Holy jumping catfish. You'd drive a guy crazy. I guess... Shut up. I was only going to say, I guess you're right. You're darn tootin' I'm right. Now, go to sleep and forget about everything. Yes, Peter. Peter? What? What are you thinking about? By a strange coincidence, I I was thinking of you. Really? Yeah. I was wondering what makes dames like you so dizzy. Oh. Oh, what a morning. Look at the sun. Look at those fields. Yes, look at my shoes. By the way, what did you say we were supposed to be doing? Hitchhiking. Oh. Well, you've given me a very good example of the hiking. Where does the hitching come in? A little early yet. No cars out. 
Well, if it's all the same to you, I'm going to sit right down here and wait until they come. Suit yourself. I intend to. Oh, now, Peter, suppose nobody stops for us. Oh, they'll stop all right. It's all a matter of knowing how to hail them. You're an expert, I suppose. I'm going to write a book about it. Call it The Hitchhiker's Hail. There's no end to your accomplishments, is there? Oh, you think it's simple, huh? No, no, no. Well, it is. It's all in the old thumb, see? Now, here, some people do it like this. Kind of a half wave and half point with a thumb drooping across the palm. It's all wrong, too indefinite. You never get any place. Oh, the poor thing. Yeah, yeah, but this old thumb never fails. Now, now take number one, for instance. Elbow close to the side, thumb rigid, and parallel to the right shoulder. Then a short, jerky movement, just the hand and wrist, like this. Shows independence. You don't care whether they stop or not. You got money in your pocket, see? Clever. Yeah, 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 but number two, that's a little wider movement from the elbow. The thumb describing a graceful arc from shoulder to waistline. A smile goes with it, uh, like this. That uh, means you got a brand new story about... Uh... Uh-huh. You figured that all out by yourself. Ah, that's nothing. Number three, that's a pip. Yeah, that, that, that's a pitiful one. You know, when you're broke and hungry and everything looks black. Oh, that's so... Yeah, yeah. Shoulders sagging, mouth down, chin drooping. It's a long, sweeping movement of the whole arm, like this. You gotta follow through, though. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's no good if you haven't got a long face to go with it. Oh, here, here comes the car. Yeah, okay, okay. Now watch me. I'm gonna use number one. Keep your eye on that thumb, baby, and watch what happens. Mm-hmm. I still got my eye on the thumb. <laughs> well, something must have gone wrong. Uh, I'll try number two this time. I... Yeah. Hey, you! Oh, maybe he doesn't appreciate genius. Well, let's try this, baby. Maybe number two won't work in the south. Oh, no, hey! I'll try number three on the next one. When you get to a hundred, wake me up, will you? I don't... I don't think I'll write that book after all. Oh, now, think of all the fun you had. Do you mind if I try the next one? You? Oh, don't make me laugh. Oh, you're such a smart aleck. Nobody knows anything but you. Look, I'll stop this car, and I won't use my thumb. What are you going to do? It's a system all my own. Left hand gracefully on left hip. Head back and incline gently in the direction of travel. Eyes twinkling. It's the twinkle that does it. Step aside, please. Oh, you... Hello, sister. You're going my way? Yes, thank you very much. Well, hop right in. My name is Baker. Oh, it's so sweet of you, Mr. Baker. Would you mind if this gentleman rode with us, too? Oh, him? Yeah, me. Well, I, I don't like his looks any too much, sister. Oh, that's all right. He's, he, he's my uncle. He can't help looking like that. He used to be a newspaper man. Oh, well, all right. Get in the back. Thanks. As I was saying, it's a system all my own. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. I think I'll write a book, too. Let's see. Called uh, The Feminine Touch or Go Thither with a Come Hither. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> so you want a cabin for a week, huh? That's right. That'll be eight seventy-five. Pay in advance. Now, listen, mister. I don't want to talk business right now. We're tired. I'll settle up with you in the morning. Well, all right. Good night. Good night. Come on, Brett. What do you tell him in the morning? I'll think of that then. Uh, here. Let's have that blanket. Here it is. If I build the walls of Jericho once more, I can qualify as an engineer. Oh, I'm glad I can lie down for a change. Yeah, me too. Well, we're on our last lap. Tomorrow morning, if all goes well, you'll be in the arms of your fiancé. The dope. Mm-hmm. You'll have a great story, won't you? Yeah, swell. 
Thanks. Well, you certainly outsmarted your father. I guess you ought to be happy. Am I going to see you in New York? Nope. Why not? I don't make it a policy to run around with married women. Won't I ever see you again? What do you want to see me for? I've served my purpose. I brought you back to King Wesley, didn't I? That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Have you ever been in love? Me? Yes. Have you ever thought about it at all? It seems to me you could make some girl wonderfully happy. Sure. I've thought about it. Yeah, who hasn't? If I could ever meet the right sort of a girl... Yeah, but where are you going to find her? Somebody that's real. Somebody that's alive. They don't come that way anymore. You know... I saw an island in the Pacific once. Never been able to forget it. That's where I'd like to take her. She'd have to be the sort of a girl who'd jump in the surf with me and love it as much as I did. You know, nights when you and the moon and the water all become one. And you feel you're a part of something big and marvelous. Those are the only places to live. Where the stars are so close over your head that you can... You feel you can reach right up and stir them around. Sure. I've been thinking of it. Boy... If I could only find the girl who was hungry for those things. Peter, take me with you, Peter. Take me to your island. I want to do all those things you talked about. You? You're crazy. No, I'm not. I love you. Nothing else matters. We can run away. Everything will take care of itself. Please, Peter. I can't let you out of my life now. I couldn't live without you. Ellie. You'd better... Go over there. Go to sleep. I... Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Ellie, wait a minute. Good night, Mr. Warren. Ellie, did you really mean that about the island? Would you really go? Uh, well, certainly not. You think I'm crazy? Yeah, I... I guess I did. Just for a minute. about an hour ago. Did he say where? Not a word. I heard him calling long distance. He spoke to Mr. Gordon at the New York Globe office. Said he had a great story and was going right into New York to see him. I see. Where's the telephone, please? I don't think your husband will be there yet, Mrs. Warren. Oh, stop calling me Mrs. Warren. I'm not Mrs. Warren. I never will be Mrs. Warren. My name is Andrews. Ellie Andrews. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Now, where's that phone? Over there, ma'am. Right right over there. Thank you. Oh, wow. See, it was my fault. Something. My name is Miss Andrews. My name is Andrews. My... Andrews. Ellie Andrews. Ellie. More. More. Come here quick. More. I wanted to call New York, please. Yes, person to person. Mr. King Wesley. Wesley. W-E-S-T-L-E-Y.
station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Curtain falls on Act Two of It Happened One Night, starring Claudette Colbert and Clark Gable with Walter Connolly and Roscoe Carnes. The thread of an accidental meeting which bound the lives of Ellie and Peter has become a tangled knot. Ellie is convinced that Peter walked out on her and has given him no chance to explain. It's a week later, the morning of Ellie's marriage to King Wesley. The bride-to-be sits alone in her room, staring mournfully at her reflection in the glass. Her father knocks at the door. Ellie. Ellie. Yes, Dad. May I come in? Come in. Hello, Dad. I knocked several times. Oh, I'm sorry. I must have been daydreaming. Yes. Well, everything's set for the wedding. Great stunt king is going to pull, creating quite a furor. Stunt? Yes, landing on the lawn in a auto gyro. Oh, oh, yes, I heard. Yes, personally, I think it's silly, too. You look lovely, child. Are you pleased with the gown? Ellie. Hmm? Oh, the, the gown. Yes, it's nice, isn't it? What's the matter, child? What's wrong? Nothing. You haven't changed your mind about King Wesley, have you? Nope. Because if you have, it isn't too late. You know how I feel about him. You gave me such a scare when I couldn't find you. You know, the old pump isn't what it used to be. I'm sorry, Father. I wouldn't hurt you for the world. What's the matter, child? Aren't you happy? Oh, dear. Ah, I thought so. I knew there was something on your mind. Oh, there, there, there now. What's the matter? You haven't fallen in love with someone else, have you? Have you? I haven't seen you cry since you were a baby. This must be serious. Where did you meet him? On the road. Now, don't tell me you've fallen in love with the bus driver. No. Well, who is he? I, I don't know very much about him. Except that I love him. Well, if it's as serious as all that, we'll move heaven and earth to... No, no, it's no use. He despises me. Oh, come now, come now. Yes, he does. He despises everything about me. He thinks I'm, I'm spoiled and selfish and pampered and, and thoroughly insincere. Ridiculous. He doesn't think much of you either. Oh, no? No, he blames you for everything that's wrong with me. He says you raised me stupidly. Oh, he's marvelous. <laughs> well... I'd like to have a talk with him. Oh, no, Daddy. It wouldn't do any good. I practically threw myself at him. Well, under these circumstances, don't you think we ought to call this this wedding off? No. No, I'll go through with it. What difference does it make? I'll never see Peter again. Is that his name? Yes. Peter. Peter Warren? Yes. Do you know him? No, not exactly. Oh, Father, you haven't heard from him, have you? I, uh, well, this letter came this morning addressed to me. From Peter? Yes, here you are. Dear sir, as your daughter has probably forgotten to tell you, 
there's a little financial matter connected with her safe return to your indulgent arms that I would appreciate your settling with me at your earliest convenience. Yours truly, Peter Warren. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> I guess that was his only interest in me, wasn't it? The reward, $10,000. I'm sorry you read it. Are you going to see him? Yes. As a matter of fact, I sent word to him to come out here this afternoon. I suppose he'll show up soon. Oh, of course he will. Well, pay him off. He's entitled to it. He did an excellent job. He kept me solely entertained. It's worth every penny he gets. Sit down, Mr. Warren. Thanks. I was surprised to get your note. My daughter hadn't told me anything about you, about your helping her. That's typical of your daughter. Takes all those things for granted. I, I've discussed the matter with her since hearing from you, and she thinks that you're entitled to anything you can get. Oh, she does, huh? Now, isn't that sweet of her? Well, I've got it all itemized. May I see the statement, please? Thank you. Cash outlay, $8.60. Top coat, $15. Suitcase, $7.50. Hat, $4. Three shirts, $4.50. Total, $39.60. All the above items had to be hawked to provide food and shelter. And I sold some shorts and socks, too, but I'm throwing them in. Yes. <laughs> I know, but... Uh... What's the matter? Isn't it cheap enough? A trip like that would cost you $1,000, maybe more. Now, let me get this straight. You want $39.60 in addition to the 10000 What 10000 Why, the reward. Who said anything about a reward? All I want is $39.60. Now, if you give me a check for it, I'll get out of this joint. It gives me the jitters. You're a peculiar chap. And we'll go into that some other time. The average man would go after the reward. All you seem to be... Listen, did anyone ever make a sucker out of you? This is a matter of principle, something you probably wouldn't understand. But when anybody takes me for a buggy ride, I don't like the idea of having to pay for the privilege. Were you taken for a buggy ride? With all the trimming. My daughter seems to think she was on that ride, too. She thinks you walked out on her. Listen, your daughter can think anything she wants. I went to New York to raise a little dough for your daughter so, so that she could go out on that tropical island. And when I get back... What tropical island? None of your bit. Welcome when I come back here to where she skipped. And that's great, isn't it? Now, wait a minute. What about my dough? Do I get it or don't I? Certainly. Thank you. But I'd like to ask you one question. Do you love my daughter? Any guy that had fallen in love with your daughter ought to have his head examined. That's an evasion. Do you love her? A normal human being couldn't live under the same roof with her without going nutty. She's my idea of nothing. I asked you a simple question. Do you love her? Yes! <laughs> but don't hold that against me. I'm a little screwy myself. Hello. I was hoping I wouldn't have to bump into you. Really? I hope you got your money. You bet I did. Congratulations. Thanks. Same to you. Ellie, dear. Stay around and watch the fun. King's going to drop down out of the skies any minute now in his favorite gyro. You'll enjoy it immensely. I would, but I've got a weak stomach. Goodbye, Miss Andrews. Pleasant fellow, isn't he? Ellie, dear, you shouldn't have talked to him like that. He's really a fine boy. We had quite a conversation. I'm not interested. Now, see here, Ellie. I tell you, I'm not interested. I don't want to hear another word about him. What on earth is that? King, I guess. Landing on the lawn in his gyro. He seems to be creating quite a lot of excitement among the guests. Well, Ellie. Oh, come on, Dad. Let's go down and get it over with. King is waiting at the altar. All right. Take my arm. Let's go. 
know, Ellie, you're a sucker to go through with this. That guy Warren is okay. Please, Dad. He is. He didn't want the reward. All he asked for was $39.60 that he spent on you. What? Sure. He loved you, Ellie. Oh, how do you know? He told me so. Oh, Dad. Oh, well, it's, it's too late now. Is it? You don't want to be married to a mug like Wesley? I can buy him off for a pot of gold. And you can make an old man happy. Pete Warren is a swell guy. Oh, please, please don't. If you change your mind, your car's waiting at the back gate. What do you say, Ellie? You've still got a few seconds. Dad. Is it Pete? Or is it this dumb cluck of an aviator? Oh, Daddy, Daddy, kiss me quick. Goodbye, Ellie. Goodbye. Run, Ellie. Run. Go on, Ellie. Go on. We'll never catch you. Go on. Peter. Mm-hmm. What did you do with the marriage certificate? I, I can't find it anyplace. Don't worry, Brad. It's safe and sound in my inside pocket. Oh, I was getting scared again. Mm, afraid I was going to back out? Oh, it's too late now, Mr. Warren. Oh, Peter, I'm so happy. Where are we going for our honeymoon? I got the place all picked out. A tourist cabin near Philadelphia. A tourist cabin? Oh, oh Peter, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see that big bundle of stuff I bought in the last town? Uh-huh, what's in it? Oh, lots of things. A rope. A rope? Yeah. And uh, a green blanket. The walls of Jericho. Right. <laughs> Is there anything else? Uh, yeah, ha hand me that little package. Oh, this one? That's it. What's in it? You'll see. There. A trumpet. <laughs> a toy trumpet. Yeah. I never took a lesson, but I guess I can manage it. Listen to this. <laughs> oh, Peter, it's beautiful. <laughs> Falls on Act Three of It Happened One Night, starring Claudette Colbert and Clark Gable. And now, here's Mr. DeMille with our stars. The happy journey from Miami to New York is ended, but our stars make a return trip to the microphone. We present Ellie Andrews as Claudette Colbert and Pete Warren as Clark Gable. Oh, as Claudette Andrews or Ellie Colbert, or whoever I'm supposed to be, I'd like to say that it's been great to do another play in the Lux Radio Theater. As Pete Gable, I'd like to say I can't imagine a better place to take a busman's holiday. <laughs> Assuming my most difficult characterization, that of Cecil B. DeMille, I'd like to compliment you both on a great performance. <laughs> Thank you, C.B. And I'm glad to learn from your introduction to the play that you're a fatalist. Yeah, uh, what? Yeah, you know, C.B., one of those people who think that everything happens for the best if it doesn't happen for the worst. <laughs> but I, I, I never said I belonged to such a cult. Well, Claudette probably assumes from the way you talked about everything happening one night that you're a believer in uncontrollable destiny. <laughs> well, it's really nothing to be ashamed of, you know. You, you simply believe that everything happens for a purpose. <laughs> And if you don't believe that way, you've nothing left but supposition. Now, for example, suppose Columbus had sailed east instead of west, or, or Paul Revere's horse had tripled, tripped over a cobblestone. <laughs> <laughs> or suppose Claudette Colbert hadn't taken seriously a playwright's remark that she ought to be an actress. Or suppose she hadn't starred on Broadway in the Barker. Would she be in Hollywood now? Or suppose that coin Clark tossed to see whether or not he'd remain in Hollywood had fallen tails. Where would he be now? I'll give up. Where would he be now? 
You mean seriously? Sure, why not? Well, let's see. I'd have gone back east, not all the way east. Maybe I'd have stopped off in Texas again. I'd probably have gotten my old job back in the oil fields, and, well, I'd probably be fairly happy. That's right. Pollyanna Gable, his friends would be calling him. <laughs> well, it's time to go, Clark. Good night, Mr. DeVille. Uh, good night, Stephen. Good night, Stephen. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.